Hey guys, it is Clint Island here with the Weekly Knoll and the Weekly Knoll Season Instant Reaction Podcast. Uh, this will be our final Instant Reaction Podcast of the season because, as you all may know by now, Florida State lost 41-14 to to the Florida Gators on Saturday afternoon. Uh, we had a blast doing this podcast, you know, it helps us get our thoughts uh, into words and it has really helped with the sign and whatnot and... We, we love the response that we've gotten, at least from this podcast, so uh, we're definitely still going to be coming back. We're going to have more episodes, but they're not going to be under the instant reaction label. For now, we'll just go over this UF game, what happened, what's to look forward to, and uh, what went wrong. So 41-14, to 14, uh, where do you want to start? <laughs> I guess I'll start with the offense. Uh, this offense performed like it has a offensive line that has four players who will not be starting next year, and it it, it that's what it performed like it performed like an offensive line that was simply awful. Nothing nothing really went right. I mean, you look at the numbers: Jacquez, Patrick, Cam Akers. They didn't really have good games. They had you know they had some good runs. They had a couple of good moments in the game, especially on the uh, touchdown drive in the second quarter. But overall, this offense basically did nothing, right? John J. Francois, 14 for 29, 104 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. He had another awful game. And uh, you can blame the offensive line because they do deserve blame. That offensive line was getting hammered every play. You really, you can't look at Francois and say that that, he put the team in a good position to win because he didn't. There were open receivers and he missed them. There were plenty of times that Florida State had a quality play call on third down or something and Francois would proceed to overthrow it or Francois would just not throw it in the vicinity of the receiver. Uh, I'm thinking back to multiple throws to Tamorian Terry where basically there could have been a pass interference on Florida, right? Like, there could have been a call, but Francois' pass was so off the mark that they never even had the chance, because it was uncatchable. And the refs this game, they were, I don't think they were as awful as some people were making them out to be, but they were still pretty bad. They definitely set the tone early on, but you just, you you know, you have to give your players a chance. And if you're going to go for the flag, you have to give the refs a chance to call it. Francois couldn't do that. And so now he's going to end a season, this is from Wayne McGahee, he's going to end a season throwing under 50% for the year against ranked opponents. And likely, you know, this is the end of his career at Florida State. Whether he graduates or whether he transfers, I, j- I just can't see him staying here. I don't, I don't know what's here for him, you know, because he can't run the offense. He doesn't perform well against good teams. And he, he has a couple of nice game-winning drives. But other than that... What does he do well? There's nothing here for him in Tallahassee, basically. I think Willie Taggart is thinking the same thing. He's probably all in on Blackman for the future, and then Sam Howell once Howell is ready to take the reins. Receivers, Torian Terry, he had he had opportunities, but like I said, Francois couldn't hit him. Uh, Murray is whatever. DJ Matthews, basically nothing. This offense performed like we thought it would. Well, like we thought it would if the offensive line, of course, had such an awful game. There was really nothing shocking on this end. I mean, they just they couldn't do it. You know, you could 
you needed to keep up at least with your defense because you knew your defense was going to give you a chance, right? But you couldn't, and you let Florida blow you out because you get the ball and you go three and out. Now, one thing I do want to talk about is the illegal formation penalties and just the general uh, issues with that. That is one part of the team that I think is very, very worrying if you are looking at Willie Taggart in the future, right? Because there's a lot of things you can blame on talent. There's a lot of things that you can blame on guys who are not fully sold, who are not totally bought into the system. You cannot blame a lot of those illegal formation penalties and the just sloppy play on the receivers on Jimbo's guys. I don't want to hear about Jimbo Fisher. Because that's all Taggart. That is all on him and his staff. They don't have that offense prepared. They had a full year, 12 games, to get them prepared for Florida. And they couldn't do it. They just don't. They either don't see the issues or they don't create the issues. And that's a running theme. Let's go back to penalties, right? Just penalties in general. Florida State will end this season as one of the most penalized teams in the country. I'm pretty sure they're at like 120th at this point. At this point, like penalties per game, they had 10 today. I think they had eight in the first half. That is horrible. That is awful. And that is all on coaching. How many players punched how many players punched a guy this year, right? Four? Stanford Samuels, uh Nyquan Murray, Saquandre Wright. I guess Saquandre punched two guys, so technically only three, but those things, I mean, that's all coaching, and I'm not gonna sit here and argue with somebody who goes, oh, well, that's the old regime. Did anyone last year punch people? Was that was that a thing that was happening? No, not really, because even if Jimbo Fisher let things go, he still had the team on some level of discipline. This team shows absolutely no discipline. There is no other excuse than Tagger and his staff simply do not care about it, and it has screwed them all year. Again, we had Stanford Samuels, You know, on a fourth down, right? It was a third down stop. Would have been fourth down. Who knows what would have happened. And Stanford Samuels gifts them a first down. And then you see him getting, you know, just screamed at by Taggart on the sideline. Okay, well, when's the time to do that? Because it's not during the game. It's not after the penalty has occurred. It's during the offseason. It's during practices. And they obviously just don't make it a focal point. And I don't know how they're going to change that, right? Because by now, you should have seen, okay, we are a very undisciplined team, let's fix that. If they haven't seen it now, I don't, I don't know what else to say. I guess we could see an improvement next year. But does anyone really want to bet that that's true? Taggart has had a history of highly penalized teams. And it finally came back to bit him in the 2018 season at FSU. Switching over to defense, again, it's hard to really give a fair assessment when your defense is on the field all the time, right? And no matter how bad Florida's offense might be, which it wasn't bad, it was mediocre, but even, again, no matter how mediocre it might be, if you're on the field the whole time, you're going to move the ball. Florida entered halftime with only 13 points, and they leave this game with 41. The defense in the first half, it was fine. I think that the front seven really started playing up to expectations. Secondary was a bit shaky, but again, we all kind of knew that coming in. Second half, I have no idea what happened. 
I think that Florida did a good job of attacking the middle of that FSU defense and the linebackers, but they just didn't play that well. It seemed like the middle of the FSU defense stopped getting that push. That's not talent. <laughs> that's the strong point of the team. That's that's motivation. That's game planning. I've defended Barnett a lot on this podcast because I, you know, I, I think that he's a good coach, and I think that there have been some signs that uh, this defense has improved throughout the year. But towards the end of the season, I have no other explanation besides Barnett is not doing his job on the sidelines, or at least in practice, because his defense is showing all of these weaknesses and they're just getting picked on in their weakest spots and he just refuses to change at this point i i don't i don't know what you're getting from barnett right because if you're only able to put together you know a good game against boston college and one good half against florida i don't know if your system is this easily undone by bad safety play and by some you know, so-so linebacker play, I I don't know that your system is going to be around much longer. I don't get the decision to not play Emmett Rice. They said that it was a redshirt, that they wanted to redshirt him. Well, uh, he had a pretty good game against Florida, and it's pretty incredible that this is just now when you're noticing that he can be a legitimate option, right? 12th game into the season, and you're like, wow, this guy's actually pretty good. Okay, well, did it really take you this long to discover that? I don't know about Barnett. I I have not seen much good at the end of the season. I've seen I, I've seen some improvement, at least on the defensive front, from a few guys. There's some good development from Odell Haggins, Hagins, whatever. Uh, some of the cornerbacks, like Asante Samuel, they have really progressed as the season has gone on. But overall, I, I don't know. Uh, the, Barnett kind of seems like. He was unwilling to adjust, and once teams figured out how to beat his defense, he really couldn't do anything. But even if you know, even if it's good play calls and good formations, why is there no effort? How in the world is a hyper-talented FSU defensive front getting whooped by a mediocre Florida Gator offensive line? And that's the truth. They are mediocre. They're 9-3. I'm not going to say that they're a mediocre team. I think they're a good team, but there are certain parts of their team that you just cannot have... You know, that you just cannot let have a good game against you, I guess. That's what I'm trying to say. Can't let them have a good game against you. Let's look at the stats. Felipe Franks, 16 for 26, 254 yards, three touchdowns. I do not care what you think about Dan Mullen and how good of a coach he is absolutely no reason Frank should be doing that against an FSU defense. That is a horrible, horrible performance. I don't care how bad the safeties are. At some point, your team has to play up to their potential, and it's pretty clear by now that Barnett just wasn't able to get it out of them. Uh, special teams, it's, you know, Lonzo Hampton's gone. We're not going to talk about that because he's he's done after this season. What's left? So you're 5-7, and seven, you're missing a bowl, you're Break a bowl streak. Florida breaks a six-year streak against you. You know, are there signs for of of optimism? No. <laughs> I, re- I really hate to be the guy to say that, but what signs are there for an optimistic future? The only ones you can point to are some good players coming in, 
Some young players played very well. There was a win against Boston College that you can go over and see uh, how some of the players responded. But overall, I mean, you basically have to hope that the offensive line is ready next year. You have to hope that the recruiting stays up. But there's really, there's, there's no indication that 2019 is going to be that much better. What are your safeties, right? We're all looking at the safeties and saying, oh, A.J. Westbrook, terrible. Hamps Nasral Dean, terrible. Yada, yada. Okay, well, who are they getting replaced with? Nick Cross and Brendan Gant? Two true freshmen? Those are going to be your safeties? Maybe you move Jaden Woodby back to, you know, a, a strong safety or a free safety position, and you put somebody else in that star, that Zeus position, whatever it is. Yeah, I mean, that might, that might cover it up a bit. But you're still going to have a pretty spotty defensive backfield. Your cornerbacks are going to be fine. Those aren't an issue. Linebackers, who's coming in? Kalen Deloach? Well, you got to hold on to him first. He's getting pursued by Michigan. True freshman, really going to dominate? Offensive line, again, Dante Lucas, he'll probably start. Maybe you can get one from Will Putnam, a commitment. He might start. I don't know about that. Uh, offensive tackles, you're hoping that Josh Ball is able to come back and fill in at least a right tackle, and he is coming back. I, I guess that's one heck of a way to find out if you haven't heard it already, but Josh Ball is very much in the plans for the team. They're waiting to see him get approved by the university, but Josh Ball is uh, on his way back to the team. Who else? Uh, you, you know, Okay, you, you're hoping that Jalen Goss and uh, Christian Meadows are ready. Which is a fair a fair assumption. I mean, they might they they filled out pretty well. The staff likes them. They still want to play them in 2018 when it was a lost year. But what part of this team is going to get better? We're going to have more about this uh, future outlook in the coming days. We have at least two articles I know that we're going to go over. But uh, I, I hate to say it, guys, but I think Taggart he's got his work cut out for him, and I think that he's probably playing for his job in 2019. I don't think he gets fired after 2019. The only way I could see him get fired is if he goes like, you know, 0-12, which yeah, that's not happening. He went 5-7 this year. He'll probably go at least 5-7 next year. But right now, I just don't see where their improvement comes from. And uh, I'm, not, I'm not willing to bet that this team wins more than seven games next season. Thankfully, his buyout's not that ridiculous. So if he really does prove to not be the answer, then you can get rid of him without too much difficulty it's still gonna require some uh, some heavy lifting at least from the booster side but not nearly as much as some of these other ridiculous coaching contracts still he's gotta show something because this entire season and especially this game showed all of the same problems that we've seen the entire year that's about all i'm going to talk about for tonight guys thank you for tuning in uh, we mentioned, you know, back at the beginning, we love doing this podcast, and uh, sorry that Mike couldn't be on more of these, but that's just how the workload uh, shuffles itself out. Where do our sponsors, nullfan.org and Southern Solutions LLC, two great sponsors to have. We are very happy to be keeping them throughout the holiday season and throughout next year. Uh, leave a like, or like, comment, send us a message, whatever you want our next podcast topic to be, we will get to it. But for now, we're going to shift our focus to basketball season where the Seminoles are really just shocking the nation with how good they are playing. First ranked win over an opponent, or first win over a ranked opponent, excuse me, yesterday. 
there, there's something special there, brewing on the court in Tallahassee. So thank you for tuning in. And one last time for the regular season, adios.